This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. This episode is part two of a two-part series with Gary Keller, who is the co-author of The One Thing and chairman of Keller Williams Realty, the largest real estate company in the world. In part one, we dove into why deciding your habits decides your futures. Gary talks specifically about how when he sets big goals for his life, how he identifies the one habit that if he can put that in place, makes achieving that goal possible. And I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Look at his results. He has truly achieved extraordinary results personally and professionally. If you've not heard that episode yet, you'll want to block time to listen to that. This episode is part two, where we dive into how Gary invests his time. See, here's the thing. Um, Time is our most valuable resource. We understand that if you had to pick between time and money and ask which is more valuable, everybody would say time. It's the one thing you can't get more of. Yet here's the problem. Most people go through their days spending their time, not investing it. And there's a clear difference. When you make an investment, you expect a return. And especially with money, we get this fundamentally. You invest your money, you expect a return. And if it does not bring a return, you are upset and you're asking, what do I need to do differently? Yet if time is more valuable than money, why don't we hold our time to the same standard we hold our dollars to? It's because we were never shown a simple way to do it. And that's the purpose of today's episode. Gary is going to walk you through how he views time how once he sets the vision for his life, how he actually plans out his time so that it is an investment and not an expense. And in order for you to truly understand why we behave the way we behave, we have to go back in time. When we were creating the One Thing Planner, I asked Madeline, one of our researchers, to to research the history of time. And she thought I was crazy. And I said, no, legitimately, go go do it and bring back a binder. And she did. And here's what she said. You know, if we go back to ancient man, our concept of time was so limited. There was day and there was night. That was it. And over time, we began to notice that at certain times of year, we could grow certain crops. We could hunt certain type of animals. We developed the concept of seasons. We had day, we had night, we had seasons. Yet we knew so little about ourselves and we wanted to know more. So we went even smaller. We began to notice that every 30 days or so, the moon would wax and wane and the idea of months were created. There was day, there was night, there was seasons, there was months. You fast forward from ancient Babylonians to Greeks, Romans, Egyptians. They started measuring things via a sexagesimal system, which is not what it sounds like. It means units of 60. It's why there's 60 seconds in a minute and 60 minutes in an hour. And you fast forward to where we are today, and we have to ask the question, what do ancient Greeks, Romans, Egyptians, Babylonians have to do with how we live our lives today? The answer is nothing. Yet we use their system for time. Here's why this matters. Most people, when they plan their weeks, What they do is they open their digital calendar. They see all the stuff that's already scheduled. Then they go to their email, see the request for their time. And one at a time, they look for the white space and say yes, without any context of if this is actually a priority or a distraction. 
It's why so many of us know what it feels like to go through your day being really busy and look up at the end of the day and go, did I get anything done? And while on a day-to-day basis, it doesn't seem like a big deal, over the course of years and decades, it leads to a life of regret. One of average results and disconnection from the people that matter most. There's a better way. And that's what we're going to show you today. Gary's going to walk you through why before he goes to any technology solution, when he sets his goals, he opens up his paper planner. One much like the One Thing Planner, a planner that is designed to give you vision for how to achieve extraordinary in your life, a planner designed to give you clarity on your priorities. So when you invest your time, there is an expectation of a return personally and professionally. And he's going to walk you through how he's learned to say no, the specific scripts he uses so that He says yes to the most important things first. This is absolutely going to be a note-taking episode. And we're just going to tell you there are two resources you are going to want to take advantage of. First thing, if you have not used a paper planner like a One Thing planner, go to the onething.com slash planner. The planners for this upcoming year are available. They are in stock. You can get them through our website. And if you hit that that site, there will also be a link to the Amazon page. If you want to go through Amazon, you have that opportunity as well. You could literally have your planner in front of you this very week and you can stop trading your extraordinary vision for convenience right now. That's at the onething.com slash planner. And second, as you look up, we've got just a few weeks left before it's the new year. This means you need to get clarity on what's that one habit you can form that would make achieving your goals this next year easier or unnecessary. And if you want to boost your odds of success in forming that habit, you'll understand that you don't succeed alone. You'll want to do it with other like-minded people going on the same journey. And we are curating that for you in Living Your One Thing. You have the opportunity to join us. The first 66 days are free for those of you that are not current members. You can go to the onething.com slash habits. This is an extraordinary offer that expires on January So you must go to the onething.com slash habits right now so that you can get into the community, identify the habit you want to form and give us the opportunity to pair you up with an accountability group so that you can increase the odds that you will form that power habit and that it sticks. With that, let's get into this episode with Gary Keller. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. 
Again, that's factormeals.com slash O-N-E-5-0 and use code O-N-E-5-0 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Let's talk about time. Okay. It's our most valuable resource. The problem is most people are spending it. They're not investing it. That's right. You uh, are very purposeful with how you plan and invest your time. Mm -hmm. I am. Why is it that you use a paper planner? Uh, Well, that's easy. Uh, I use a paper planner because of perspective. And that is, I can... And even though you can use a digital planner that will open things up, it doesn't give you the same sense of perspective, right? I can see in a glance, if you just think about 30-day increments, I can see in a glance, it's sitting right in front of me, I can see in a glance what I'm doing. You will be fumbling around, and I can tell you what I'm doing on the 4th, the 5th, the 10th, the 24. I can tell you in a glance, just that fast. So I get a sense of my life, right? Remember, uh, remember the story of Alfred Hitchcock. He was asked, one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, he was asked by a reporter once, you know, how do you make such great films? And he says, I visualize the films frame by frame. And then for me, making the actual movie is an afterthought. And I heard that early in my life, Jeff. And I never forgot the story because I began to internalize in my mid-20s that all of life is afterthought. All of our actions are afterthought. So we live two lives, inside, outside, right? It's, it's the inside to the outside, right? It's, it's think and grow rich, right? Yeah, that sort of thing. So because I then began to assemble that, that all things happen twice, they happen internally first, And then there's an external representation of getting that thing out. So for me, thinking and being aware at all times about where my time is used is the most important habit of all. So I want perspective at all times. That's notice it's out at all times. I can't have my computer out at all times because I'm using it. Otherwise, you didn't even have to move. You just extended your arm. That's all I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like a suitcase uh, that they had stickers for all the places they traveled. This is this is my this is mine, right? It's 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 my. I I I literally. Here's my son with with the. They weren't on a date, but there he is, right? When he's just a little guy, he and Allie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's right here in front of you, man. Right. Yep, got my favorite concert uh, with the Stones and then the Doobie Brothers. Got my favorite record store. There it is, man. My favorite shoes, Allbirds, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's all here. It's keep all here. And, and by the way, in order, for you, and in order for you to have this, you'd have to carry two computers because mm-hmm. you'd have to have the other one open all the time. But the problem is you'd have to have a screen this size in order to actually see it at a glance. So this is always sitting in front of me. And if you're in a meeting with me, you'll notice I'll always take it out of my little backpack and I'll just set it out. And I'll have my I'll have my spiral notebook, and I'll have my my um, planner. Right now, I'm re- now I'm ready to go. Whatever we need to do, let's do. People struggle because they're they have the habit of using a digital calendar, 
Yeah, I that shows every second of every day and they think, oh my gosh, well, how am I going to track meetings with other people? How am I going to have the invites? How am I going to have the notes? Uh, but I heard you say they, they trade convenience for vision. Yeah. And, and they also trade convenience for protection. What do you mean by that? Well, you and I know this. We talk about this in one thing. And that is you, you have to protect your time around your priorities. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the world who doesn't know your goals and doesn't know your priorities will continually try to persuade you and sell you on the idea that they're the priority for the day. That they're, what they write, uh, it's like um, uh, when we first got married, um, Mary and I were having dinner and the phone rang and I wouldn't answer it. You just drive her crazy. I just wouldn't answer the phone. And she's going, aren't you going to answer it? I said, well, okay, Let's have this conversation. In this moment, I choose to be with you. Are you suggesting that I should be waiting for an opportunity not to spend time with you? So I should take any distraction that comes along and not give you my attention. I'm giving it to you, but if you want to tell me that you would rather that I constantly be distracted and not give you attention during this time, okay, then I'll go answer the phone. And whoever it is, I'll have to deal with that. Or they'll call back. If it's an emergency, they'll call back or they'll leave a message and I'll check it later. Which would you like me to do? Her answer was stick there and stay with her. So I just don't answer the phone. Yeah. yeah. So the, the protecting your time is really important. And giving people easy access to try to infiltrate that is a mistake. Now, I do believe that you have protected and unprotected time, right? I do believe that if you get up in the morning and by you know noon, one o'clock or whatever, if, if, you can, if you can control that time, which is the easiest time of the day to control because the rest of the world is not up and at them yet. So that's your easiest time to control, right? Because most people wake up after lunch and go, uh-oh, I've wasted the morning. I have four hours, got to get to work. And then they are hitting it hard. Right, the morning they're they're you know they're they're trying to wake up. They're walking around with their coffee, you know, or tea, and they're chit chatting and all of that. And uh, we wrote about this, man. Right, and 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 that is you're 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 wasting your willpower, and uh, it's, you're going to pay a price for that. So if you can control the morning and protect, you know, at least four or five hours around what you need to get done. In other words, have a perfect day by noon or so. You're good to go. Then you can you can allow yourself distractible time that whatever comes along, if you need to do it, do it. But what I've discovered is if you really work, if you have a focused morning, it sets you up to have a focused afternoon because it lines up the table for you on what you should accomplish. And right? I think in other worth- words, all the things you generated are now going to start knocking. Those they're going to start knocking on your door. They're going to return your call. They're going to send you what you need. And now all of a sudden, you've been you're you're in alignment. Yeah. And I think the thing that's worth pointing out is you are not saying that you time block every hour of every day and follow it perfectly because that's a terrible life. Oh, no. You're clear about what matters and you invest that time early in the day when your willpower is the highest. And your goal is just to have accomplished the things that matter most before lunch because then you can be spontaneous the rest of the day. That's right. And I also try to time block uh, the beginning of the week. And I try to leave towards the end of the week to be more flexible. Mm. 
Talk about front-loading your priorities. Yeah, that's right. That, that's, that's what it is. Meaning that um, it's really hard. Now, this is around my personality, so I don't know that this works for everybody. But for me, I, I'll give the example of writing a book. You cannot write a book where I cannot, where I write for an hour and then I get distracted and do stuff. I immediately come back, pick up right where I was, have the same momentum and just have another effective hour. If I take even an hour away and I come back, it's going to take me an hour to get back to where I was. So it'll take me two hours, what would have taken me one hour. So it's going to take longer if I allow for gaps. So if you just think about that, if you can, if, I think it's pretty easy to visualize that, right? About writing. And if you can, if you can take that and then use it for anything that matters to you, staying in the moment till you get it done is the, is the most cost efficient, time efficient, uh, most productive way to try to tackle something. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, by the way, so I, so I've, I've, I've also moved that in terms of days of the week. So on a Monday and on a Tuesday, I will, those are, those are, those are all loaded with people. Meaning yesterday, I think I had, well, I know Thursday, I had like 11 appointments. Friday, I think I had 12. To, today, I think I have eight. It, so I, and, and yesterday was, was, you know, beginning to end. So I will book heavy Monday and Tuesday, right? I will, they're really long days. Why? Because I want to wake up on Wednesday and be able to focus on whatever it needs my big time block. So for me, that's a, that's a, a writer schedule. So Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, when I'm in the mode of writing, then that's when I do that. That makes sense? Absolutely. So, because because of of my world, that front end load for me, and then and then the back end being being flex time to do my my big priorities that need huge time blocks, uh, that works really well uh, for 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 me. If that makes sense, it does. Inherent in that is you are a master of saying a very powerful two letter word. Oh yeah, absolutely. No. Oh yeah, yeah. To be to to be successful, you have to be a no man. You can't be a yes man. You can't do it. You have to say no. You'll say no to ninety nine percent of the world, and they're going to think you're unfriendly or you're inaccessible, and it doesn't really matter. Like I tell people, they say, "Well, can I call you?" And I said, "Yeah, but I probably won't answer." So why is that? Well, because, but <laughs> because talking to you is not a priority for me. It's a priority for you, but it's not for me. It doesn't further my life. It may further yours. But I'm during my time block, I'm not going to respond to that. What are some of the habits you've put in place to make saying no easier? Oh, uh, don't answer email immediately. Don't answer text immediately. And begin to discourage people and send a message that they should not expect you to get back immediately. And I can go a month before I'll answer something. I answer everything, but it could be a month. Right now, I'm working on about five weeks on a, probably 100 emails, right? Because they have nothing to do with my priorities. They have nothing to do with directly. They're all indirect, right? Another thing is you can create a gatekeeper, right? Uh, an assistant or somebody that everybody gets funneled to, and they've been trained on how to talk to people, right? And, I have, and, and then you have standard, you have standard lines, Right. And one of my standard lines is 
what I can't do for one, I mean, anything that I do for one, I have to do for, for all. And so if I can't do it for all, I can't do it for one. And that's a standard line. And by the way, the world gets that when they ask a favor. Hey, would you do this? Would you do this? Would you do this? And I say, man, I'd love to help you. But here's my dilemma. My dilemma is, is if I say yes to you, I've said yes to everybody. And since I can't say yes to everybody, I can't say yes to you. Because they're going to want to know why I chose you and not them. And I won't have a good answer. So the reality is, I, I just can't help you. I'm sorry. And if someone says, hey, can you give money? I go, uh, no, I can't. And the reason is because my wife and I plan our giving in five-year increments. And so our giving is planned. Right. Your priority is not my priority. <laughs> right. And I learned, by the way, when you go to raise money, the people, if, if you got to find people that have the same priority as you, because people only give money to their priority and the priorities of their friends. They don't give money to anything else. That's the secret. Sorry. There's a little piece of advice on raising, raising money for charity. <laughs> Knowing everything that you know now, I want you to rewind back to. 20-year-old Gary beginning his career. And you're giving yourself advice when it comes to habits. Mm. What would you say to yourself? Well, do at 20 what you started doing at 26. And that is is set really big goals and then go in in research and try to understand what the habits are that will achieve that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's it. I mean, honestly, that's just it. The, the, the The biggest gift we can give our kids is uh, limitless uh, thinking, right? The um, establish a big goal, right? Don't just take a test. Uh, go for a hundred. Why? The the value is not in the score, but in the habit that you'll form to try to hit the score. That habit will serve you way past this year of school. School mm-hmm. and and the resulting you know years right after that, right? The next five to ten years. Man, these are the um, these are important years, right? There was a book written on this called "The Defining Decade," Jeff, and uh, it's it's a book well worth reading reading for anybody who has people in their life that are young. And the math is so compelling uh, around the way your life turns out. Uh, it's it's incredible. It, it's very convicting, and it, and it tells you that. When you get rid of your, when you get out of your last formal education, and it doesn't matter if if that was 16 years of age or that was 30, it doesn't matter when that is. The clock starts ticking, and the habits and the relationships that you form right then, and the resulting success you have, will define your lifetime more than any other thing. That decade defines it more than anything, and doesn't mean that you're doomed. It simply means that you have set a trajectory, and if you get to the end of that period and your trajectory is still low, you'll have to put in double time and triple time and quadruple time and energy to somehow try to figure out how to overcome that. So that would be my advice. My advice would be uh, to myself would be start thinking really big, right? Start thinking really big. And start attracting big thinkers into your life, right? Because you will. If you commit to to achieving something at a high level, you will naturally not hang out with people that don't want to do that. And you'll naturally hang out with people that do, 
right? Um, I have a, I, I have some really great friends, and I love, and I love my friends dear, dearly, and they, 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 they bring my life such joy. I hope I return that favor. But I want to share with you that that I don't have friends that think as high as me professionally. They just don't. Thank you for first writing the book and, oh, and creating all the opportunity that you pleasure. have. It's made a huge difference. Yeah, it's really interesting, right? When Jay and I sat down to write this, our publisher wasn't thrilled with it. They weren't thrilled with the idea. They weren't, right? Um, they didn't know where we were going. Didn't understand, right? The the he uh, he had wonderful human being, by the way, really smart too, and a real blessing for Jay and I. But I don't think he had internalized that underneath everything is either the actions you take or the relationships you build. So tack, trying to trying to put the kind of a definitive work together on how to choose the right actions didn't resonate as as an exciting book, right? It worked out okay. That worked out okay. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. Thanks for our time. I appreciate everything you do to help so many people. Well, there you have it. Our conversation with Gary Keller. Folks, we hope that this has started to change the way you view time. Some of the things that, that really stand out to me are first and foremost, like when we asked him how he plans his days, he didn't even have to stand up. He just extended his arm and grabbed his planner. It is on him at all times. His priorities are always within three feet of him. And while it sounds super simple, we cannot underscore the importance enough. I know on my own personal journey over the last five years, just printing out my 411 every week and carrying that around as a bookmark inside my planner. It's like literally, I just, I, re- I extended my hand about 12 inches and touched it. It's always there. And the reason that's so powerful is when you get out of the meeting and you ask, what should I be doing right now? Instead of just defaulting to check email, which by the way, is an unconscious habit you formed that undermines what's possible for you. All of a sudden, now you just reach for your planner. You check your priorities before you check everyone else's. It really changes the way you view your time. Am I going to invest it purposefully or am I going to spend it by default? Hopefully, after you listen to this episode, you're asking yourself, am I currently spending or investing my time? What's one thing I can do differently this coming year to better invest my time? If I could only form one habit, what's the one habit I can form that would make achieving my big goals easier or unnecessary? You know that the journey of living the one thing is about asking big questions and searching for those answers. This is the journey that we go on with you every single week in this podcast and and even deeper in our Living Your One Thing community. And for those of you who are community members, we are so excited on January 1st to kick off our members-only 66-day challenge. We hope that right now you are dating the habit that you want to form so that it's a purposeful decision and not a reactionary one. 
Because then we have the opportunity to put you into accountability groups so that you're not doing this alone, that you have other people that are supporting you every day for the next 66 days. So come the end of the first quarter of the new year, you have solidified a brand new habit that will decide your futures. If you're not yet a member, you have the opportunity to join us. The first 66 days are our gift to you for free. Go to the onething.com slash habits to join us. And I will tell you, I know plenty of our members who in the past realized that the one habit they needed to form was around time blocking, specifically not in the digital calendar first. They wanted to form the habit of once they have clarity on their goals in their 411, they open their one thing planner. They block time in the planner where there's no other appointments there to bias them. They place their priorities in the stream first so that when the water hits it, it goes around it. Then they open up their digital calendar and they start to see all the stuff that's scheduled that's actually a distraction or simply isn't as important as their priorities. And then they start to move those things around their time blocks for the things that matter most. Folks, that simple action of taking your priorities, putting it on paper where you're not biased by everything else, then opening the digital calendar, it gives you vision. It gives you vision for your life and it ensures that you invest your time and reduces the amount of time that's just spent. Surprisingly simple. If you would like to get a copy of The One Thing Planner for this upcoming year, go to theonething.com slash planner. That's with the number one in the URL. You can get a planner for yourself as well as for your friends. You can get it through our website. You'll also see a link if you want to get it through Amazon as well. Go to theonething.com slash planner and you could have that in your hands this week. Folks, if this episode has brought value to you, who do you know who needs to hear this? It's very rare that we get the opportunity here to hear from Gary directly. And you just got two back-to-back episodes that we hope will genuinely set you up for success this upcoming year. And we hope that you'll be the type of person that shares it with the people that you care about. If you are new to the One Thing Podcast, make sure you click the subscribe button. Next week, we have another episode focusing on habits. You'll want to make sure you get it. And when you're subscribed, it automatically comes to you. So that's the easiest path. And finally, please leave us a rating and review based on your experience in this episode. It genuinely... We love to see the feedback and it helps us reach more people and fulfill our mission, which is to help you better invest your time so you can achieve extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.